It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Here's your host. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show.
Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. Uh, my uh, co-host, Andrea Sutton, will be back on Monday to join me for these uh, opening salvos. Great show in store today. By the way, opened up with a little music uh, courtesy of Sheila Landis. And just my way of hanging on to as much of summer as I can with, uh, <laughs> with the stay-at-home orders and social distancing and all that. It doesn't, it doesn't feel quite like summer I, I i have a feeling in a couple of years we're going to be looking back and say remember the summer of 2020 and people will be like yeah it was like the winter of every other year in michigan <laughs> anyway uh doing what i can to enjoy summer on uh, lockdown and coming to you live from the bunker with a uh, great show coming up in in just a few minutes we're going to talk about something we've been hearing a lot about contact tracing with regard to COVID-19, and we're going to hear from Jim Milanowski from uh, the Genesee Health Plan and Kim Van Slyke-Smith from the Genesee County Health Department. They're going to talk about their efforts to assist in what we call contact tracing, finding out who has uh, contracted COVID-19, who they've been in contact with, and so on. Uh, then a little later in the show, an award-winning doctor and author, Dr. Shuvendu Sen, will be uh, joining me to talk about, this is kind of interesting, he has a new book, Why Buddha Never Had Alzheimer's. Um, he says the uh, answer can be found in meditation, yoga, and music. And uh, that seems kind of appropriate because uh, Fridays are music day on the Tom Sumner program and coming up in the third half of our three-hour tour. Historically, we've tried to have uh, some live performances on Fridays. Um, that's not possible with the, with the new studio set up and the uh, advent of social distancing and, and so forth. So um, I've uh, rechristened the, the third hour of our three-hour show on Fridays, the, the spot that's been typically reserved for music, and uh, dubbed it Bandemic in uh, focusing on what 
musicians locally and around the country are doing uh, during COVID-19, during this pandemic, to continue to practice their craft and to reach audiences and to create new music, etc. And I'm really excited to have uh, a very special guest on today uh, during the 11 o'clock hour of our show from Los Angeles, Alex Sherman, who is a uh, musician, songwriter, and um, fourth generation from a uh, uh, family of of uh, people who have had a lot of success with music including his great-grandfather Alan Sherman who had uh, multiple hits during the uh, uh, Tin Pan Alley era and then his uh, grandparents who everyone has come to know and love through their music uh, the, the songs that uh, the Sherman brothers wrote for um, for Disney including It's a Small World and uh, music from Mary Poppins and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And then uh, the third generation would be uh, Alex's dad, Jeffrey Sherman. He's been on the show a couple times. He and his cousin did a uh, movie about the uh, Sherman Brothers, uh, a documentary film that's that's wonderful. And um, Jeff is uh, one half of my favorite Hollywood couple, Jeff Sherman and uh, Wendy Liebman, comedian Wendy Liebman. But Jeff has had a lot of success with um, producing, and uh, he's he's created music for television and movies. He's uh, also um, done some producing for television and movies. And then we get to Alex, who is uh, making his way now as a young uh, musician and songwriter and we're going to hear some of his music and we're going to talk about how musicians in Los Angeles are coping with uh, COVID-19 and the various restrictions on uh, interacting with people. But first we're uh, going to shift our, our gears toward uh, um, contact tracing that will be coming up in, in just a few minutes with Jim Milanowski and Kim Vanslyke-Smith. So stay tuned for that, and uh, uh, hope you enjoy the show today. Um, well, I hope you enjoy the show every day, because we're here every day. So be sure and uh, tune in Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to noon for uh, lots of uh, great editions of the Tom Sumner Program. The doctor was looking at the x-ray and I asked him, what do you see? And he kept on looking at the x-ray as he said in French to me. I see bones. I see gizzards and bones and a few kidney stones. Among the lovely bones I see hips And fourteen paper clips Three asparagus tips 
among the lovely bones I see things in your peritoneum that belong in the British Museum I see your spine and your spine looks divine it's exactly like mine now doesn't that seem strange and in case you use pay telephones there's two dollars in change among your lovely bones oh hello there nurse come over here and look at this x-ray really remarkable. Isn't the lumbar vertebrae supposed to be connected to the clavicle? Well, I know, but it's got tape. Hey, look what's in there. Look at that. It's a stamp. It's a 1922 McKinley Ultramarine Blue with imperfect perforations. I've got to get that out and put it in my collection. printing. What does it say in there? U.S. Certified Grade A. Look at this. It's fascinating. See those little round things? You know what those are? Those are M&Ms. Those people are right. They don't melt. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-Double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. A social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. 
East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Your calls matter. Join me and Andrea weekdays from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern to talk about whatever you want to talk about. The Tom Sumner Program has open phone lines Monday through Friday to hear from you. How's 2020 working out for you so far? How about those damn roads? Call in live at 810-339-8255. It's all about you. We'll be streaming live at TomSumnerProgram.com and simulcast on WFOV 92.1 FM in Flint. Foil hats are optional. Lady of the house, please. This is she. Uh, <laughs> you thought you had every Elvis record made, but wait, Elvis sings again, this time from heaven. That's right, Elvis from heaven. Yes, hear Elvis from Graceland in the Sky. Soul-stirring versions of epic proportions. You'll hear Elvis crooning, Pearly Gate Rock. All dug up. Lying in the Chapel and 11 others. This record also includes a special Elvis message. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Elvis Presley. Order before midnight tonight and receive this Elvis Presley commemorative casket keychain. Open it up. Yes. The king inside. A must for any Elvis fan. Order yours today. To order your Elvis from Heaven, send $9.95 in check or money order to Elvis from Heaven, P.O. Box 714, Cleo, Michigan, 44487. Or save COD charges and phone 555-5554. Use Master Charge or Visa, Canadian residents, add $3. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology. Engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody, as we uh, continue with the Tom Sumner Program. We uh, promised earlier that we'd be talking about contact tracing and other things. Joining me now by phone from the Genesee Health Plan is Jim Milanowski. Jim, welcome. Uh, Good morning, Tom. And uh, also joining us... uh, is uh, Kim Van Slyke from the Genesee County Health Department. Kim, welcome. Thank you, Tom. Good morning. Um, when we talk about contact tracing, um, can, can you describe what that is a little bit and why we're hearing so much about challenges in terms of personnel and staffing to do the, this work? Um, yeah. So contact tracing um, is... Not a new concept, um, but because of everything going on, we are hearing a lot about it. Um, what happens is we get a positive case of any type of disease, but in this situation it's COVID. Um, we interview the positive case and we ask them to identify any of their close contacts that they have had um, during the time that it's indicated that they would have been considered infectious. And we enter those people into a database and um, ask their friend or family member whom we're interviewing 
um, for a contact phone number or address for them so that we can call them and educate them on what it means to be a contact and the um, cautions and precautions that they should be taking during that time um, and give them the information on what signs and symptoms they should be looking for. And then also part of the contact tracing is um, following up with them during that uh, quarantine incubation period, which is 2 to 14 days. So we do call them, um, whoever is doing contact tracing will call them daily to monitor and see whether or not they've developed symptoms, at which point that case would then get pushed back to the health department's case investigation crew to talk to them about what might be needed, whether they need to see a healthcare provider, whether they need to get tested, or whether they might need to go to the emergency room. And I would imagine that contact uh, tracing becomes more complicated as as people seem to be impatient with the uh, stay-at-home uh, recommendations and, and are mingling more. It, it, it does. Um, sometimes people feel that it's very invasive and they, or they feel that they're going to face punitive charges or something related to where they've been and who they've been with. And sometimes they're very hesitant to share that information with us. The other piece of that is that currently, because we are facing um, such a shortage of staffing and shortage of testing supplies and the turnaround for tests, it makes contact tracing very difficult because if we have somebody that's symptomatic today, they get tested tomorrow and they don't get their test results for five to seven days, by the time we talk to them and interview them and get their list of contacts, the contact essentially has already completed their 14-day quarantine period but didn't even know that they should have been quarantined and were out in the community potentially infecting others. And one more question for you, Kim. Um, we just, just this morning, uh, or I guess last night, heard news about the uh, Ohio governor who was expecting a visit from the president, got, uh, got tested, tested positive, and then later in the day tested negative. How reliable is the testing? Well, it really depends on, on um, what type of testing you're getting done and where you're getting it done. The um, What they refer to as the nasopharyngeal swab is really the most reliable test, um, and it's testing actually for RNA um, molecules of the virus itself, and it has to be at a high enough concentration to be detected. And um, making sure that the test that's being used and the lab that it's being sent to are using FDA-approved materials um, is, of course, very important. Um, but unfortunately, it isn't always happening. There are some knockoff tests out there. And then we also have nasal swabs. Um, so the, the nasal pharyngeal is, is the most reliable um, that comes in around 97, 95 to 97% um, accuracy. Um, the oral um, pharyngeal um, comes in pretty close to that. And then we get the nasal swab, um, which drops down into the low 90s. And then we start looking at some of these rapid tests that they're talking about. And the rapid tests are really good for 
immediate screening, but should always be followed up with that laboratory confirmed testing because the rapid tests are have a very um, much higher rate of, of um, uh, false negatives. So you might get a negative result and really truly be positive. Um, so their accuracy rate really falls depending on, on the test itself and the, how much sample was collected really falls between that 75 and 85%. Uh, Jim, how is uh, Genesee Health Plan, um, or, or I guess I should say, what is Genesee Health Plan doing to assist where they can with uh, contact tracing? Well, I, um, the health plan and myself are part of a, a, a work group that's really looking at this countywide. You had mentioned staffing, and so uh, a, a number of us came together in the community, a number of the other healthcare organizations, to address that issue of, of having more local uh, resources. And so um, we've, we've assembled a group of volunteers that have been trained to do contact tracing. They're trained by the state. And um, we're pretty excited about getting that going so that local people uh, from Genesee County will be doing the calls. Uh, we think that's going to be a little bit more effective way. They'll know a little bit more about the resources that are available. Um, they know about the people here in the community. So I, I, the health plan is more involved in, in it on that area and also getting the word out. We want to have avenues like this where we can talk about this because, as you mentioned, earlier there's a lot of misperceptions a lot of uh, question marks out there and we want to get the word out and someone like Kim who does this every day and is so knowledgeable we need to get her voice out there to, to have people listen to this well and and as uh, Kim mentioned earlier um, contact tracing is not new um, that's that's gone on with all kinds of communicable diseases uh, um, for decades and, and maybe that's even that's even longer than that but is it yeah. is it made so much more complicated by the widespread nature of COVID-19? It definitely is is made much more difficult um, if you look at for instance a foodborne illness an exposure you know at uh, a restaurant or at somebody's um, open house or picnic you're limited to you know only the people that were that attended that party or attended that restaurant during that particular time. Here, we're looking literally at everyone. Yeah, let's um, let's let's zero in on that a little bit, Kim, because there was that um, much reported case in Lansing recently. Um, when uh, people just crowded into a bar and started acting like things were completely back to normal. And then there was a spike of cases. But the contact tracing from that would have looked at the people that were in attendance, but how many people did they come in contact with in the days that followed? Exactly, exactly. This is like, I don't... Now, if you remember when uh, HIV and, and AIDS education were really, really the boom, and we talked about, you know, if, if you're partners with this person, you're partners with every partner they've ever had, and that's exactly how it works. Um, anybody that was in that um, bar situation um, was potentially exposed to whomever or however many people were positive at that time, and then they potentially over the next 
two to 14 days, developed symptoms and became infectious and everybody that they reached out to then was exposed and then it follows it out. They they really, um, on a very um, moderate estimation, every single person who is positive exposes between um, 5 and 40 people. Depending on, on how much they practice uh, masks and social distancing and so on. Exactly, and how much they're, and you know, who they're around and how much they're out in the public. Yeah, go ahead. Jane. And we've had a recent case here in Genesee County with some younger people uh, in Fenton area um, where there were some graduation parties and uh, prom type at parties, and it's, it's spread in that 15 to 19-year-old uh, population. And so, yeah, so it's even close to home here as well. Well, and, and just recently uh, we've seen uh, Mayor Neely from the city of Flint uh, trying to wrestle with and deal with uh, something called pop-up parties. Right. And, yeah, and, there was like 2,000 people or whatever at one of them, and yeah, just and, unbelievable. And, and how do you keep up with that? Let me, let me uh, go at this a little differently. Um, how is a, a contact trace triggered, and, and then where does it go from there? Yep. So, again, we interview. When, when we're uh, notified of a positive case, um, it, it comes through usually the uh, database through the state of Michigan, through MDHHS, and one of our case investigators will um, assign it to themselves and call that person and get their list of contacts, and that goes in also into the database. And then the state, um, a while ago, you may recall, the state pushed out um, a, a call for many volunteers to do contact tracing, and they were um, very you know, happy that they had over 5,000, 6,000 volunteers respond. And so they've contracted with a company to do the contact tracing for us, and so that company actually works with the state and pulls the contact um, name and um, contact information into a separate database that de-identifies the person who is positive to help protect their um, health information. Um, and then the volunteers from the state are calling each of those contacts and notifying them that they have been exposed and that they need to quarantine themselves for 14 days and um, um, interviewing them about their symptoms, if they have any symptoms, if they have any history, and then referring them back to the local health department should um, there be any questions or be any concerns about their current health matter. Because of the, um, the difficulty getting testing and the um, overcrowding of hospitals in some cities around the country. Um, some health professionals have been advising people that if they have symptoms and they're not too severe, to just stay in and not go to the doctor, not go to the hospital. Um, I have to think that a lot of those people aren't being tested and um, doesn't you know? Doesn't that create a uh, a problem for trying to uh, keep them out of contact with other people, or or at least track the uh, contacts they've had? 
It does. Um, it does. And that's, um, it, that's gone up and down um, as we had more uh, access to testing. Those recommendations were loosened up and we started uh, seeing people that were even not symptomatic at all um, or asymptomatic come through and get testing. And um, then as those things increased, we, um, we um, started having to um, reiterate some of the um, um, now it's very difficult for people who don't have symptoms to get tested. If you have symptoms currently, um, there are some barriers to getting tested, but there are many places that are doing testing if you're symptomatic. Um, there are not very many places that are testing if you're not symptomatic at all. But the next best thing, if you can't get testing, is to stay home and try to you know, keep to yourself and minimize who you're exposing so that you're not infecting anybody else and passing it on to anybody else. Is, but obviously not, not best case scenario. Is in, in the process of contact tracing, um, as I understand it, once you know someone is, uh, is confirmed positive for COVID-19, the idea is to try and, and track all of uh, the people they've come in contact with and notify them that they've been in contact with COVID-19 and to quarantine for 14 days to ensure that, that symptoms don't arise and that they don't infect other people. Is 14 days uh, enough? Um, 14 days is really enough. Um, that is one of the things that we have um, seen some solid research on. Um, is the actual incubation and infectious period um, of this virus. And we, we do know that that's 2 to 14 days. So from the date that someone's exposed, they potentially can start developing symptoms and become um, and or become contagious um, on day 2 all the way up through day 14. And that's very individual based on the amount of virus that they were exposed to and based on their own immune system and how their immune system is responding to that, um, which is another real important message to go along with that. Um, if you, it, it doesn't do any good to test early um, because if you test early and you're negative, on, say you test on day five and you're negative, um, you could still become positive on day eight, day 10, day 13. Um, because it could take that long for your body to respond and um, build up enough virus to really become sick. And and what about this idea of um, uh, immunization? Not not from a vaccine standpoint, but but from having recovered from the disease. Um, are, are we relatively immunity. certain that it won't come back? Immunity, the herd immunity. Um, we're not. We don't have enough. Uh, we don't have enough research. We don't have enough evidence in those areas yet because this is still too new. Um, and the research we have related to similar viruses um, has shown that we generally only have a short-term immunity to these types of uh, viruses, similar to the flu, which is why you have to get a, a flu vaccine annually because 
your body only keeps immunity to it for a short period of time. Um, so while, um, you know, a vaccine immunity potentially will be longer, we have, we have seen cases where people who are very, very sick, um, when you test their blood to see if their body has built up um, antibodies to it, um, which indicates the immunity, um, they don't have any antibodies. And then there are others who were not very, may not have been very ill, may not have required hospitalization, and their antibodies are showing up positive. Again, that's an independent thing, and we see that even with vaccines. We have some people who doesn't create an immunity to it for whatever reason, whatever is going on in their personal um, immune system. Um, so we, we really don't have a good overall picture of that to know what the maturity of the, of the world um, and their immune response is going to be. Jim, have you um, been tracking the numbers of uh, Genesee Health Plan members that have tested positive for COVID? Um, not not specifically. Uh, we know that uh, you know our we cover the the COVID testing and any treatment. We know that we've had members that have been hospitalized. We know that actually we have a handful of members who have passed away because of COVID. So uh, it, that makes it real to us. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's it. I, I think you know the message that we have for people is that. It's important to to get healthy, and if you're not healthy, uh, now's the time to see your doctor uh, to get healthy, so that you can fight off this infection if, if, if you get it. So we really are encouraging that preventative measure of seeing your doctor, uh, getting your flu shot later on uh, when they're out here in the next month or so. Those types of things, so that um, we we can build up uh, a and be stronger to fight off the the COVID if we get it. Um, Kim, we've been, of course, uh, privy to the numbers uh, broken down by the uh, by the state by MDHHS um, for various cities and counties. I, I'm sure those are the same numbers that uh, that you work from. Um, how are those cases reported? Are they reported by hospitals, by testing facilities? Um, and and uh, how confident are we that, that the numbers are, in fact, accurate? So positive cases are reported in a number of, of uh, manners. Mostly um, they're reported from laboratories. Um, and uh, so hospitals that have laboratories internally and then private-owned labs, commercial labs, report to us. Um, we also ask um, that businesses and schools that we are working with and um, private physicians also contact us um, to notify us of positives just to try and keep everybody from, anybody from falling through the cracks and making sure that we're really getting everybody into the system. Um, the, the biggest room for error, um, is, well, there's two, two areas of error that we see. Um, um, IT communication, so 
because there's so much information coming in, um, being able to notice when um, somebody's lab isn't communicating to the state database is almost impossible until you get a report that, oh, my cousin was positive and they didn't get a call, and then you backtrack to see currently we're investigating one of our you know, local um, um, contracts uh, because we are, had a call this morning actually wondering if we were receiving lab reports from them. Um, and we are, but apparently we're not receiving all of them. So doing those QA checks every once in a while um, is really important, which we do, but again, it's, it's very, because of the volume of testing that's coming in, not trouble to catch it day, it's usually a day or two later. Um, and then human error, we have, in, in our county alone, in our health department alone, on any given day, we have close to 20 people in that data system, either entering, doing data entry, entering, um, uploading documents, um, updating cases, um, doing interviews to um, update case details um, or enter more contact tracing. There's just multiple hands in that um, pie at a time. And anytime you have that, there's always room, a lot of room for human error. Um, it's, it's caught, um, it's frequently caught, and you'll see on you know, all the reports, well, they reported this many were positive and they found it was an error and it was fixed. Well, you know, it's good that it's fixed, and, and yes, errors are going to happen. And if you look at the data, you know, a week out or, or two weeks out, it's going to be much more accurate than um, and much more confident in those numbers because we've had time to do that QA and do that follow-up and correct any human errors or IT errors that might have come through. But on a day-to-day -day basis... Kim, Kim, I have yeah. to interrupt. I'm sorry. I have to go to break here. Can you and Jim stick sure. around for a few minutes? Sure. Okay. All right. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Hi, this is Joe Bye from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling authors, photographers, and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. 
a place filled with discoveries we've yet to make, throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond, where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Thank you, and thank you all for tuning in. You know, we know that tough times don't last, but tough people do. We've been through a lot here in Michigan. We've been through crisis before, where the country needed their countrymen and countrywomen to pitch in collectively to get through a crisis and rise to the occasion. Michigan once was the arsenal of democracy to win World War II. We need that same spirit now. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals and first responders to stop the spread and to save lives. But we need your help too. The state has launched a new volunteer website at www.michigan.gov forward slash fight COVID-19 where trained medical professionals can register to serve their fellow Michiganders by assisting hospitals in fighting COVID-19. State residents can also use the site to find out how they can help in their local communities by giving blood or donating resources or needed medical supplies. Whether you're a medical professional looking to volunteer or you're someone who can give blood or donate to your local food bank, everyone can help out. To get through this, we must all do our part. Stay home, stay safe, and save lives. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place with magical charms, indoors, 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 take it away. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation about contact tracing with uh, Jim Milanowski from the Genesee Health Plan and Kim Van Slyke from Genesee County Health Department. Kim, Jim, welcome back. Well, it's good to be here. Yep, thanks for having us, Tom. Um, yeah, Kim, I, this, is, this is really a uh, health department bailiwick, this, this idea of contact tracing. Um, can, can you explain how contact tracing impacts flattening the curve? Yeah, so again, um, identifying anybody who has been um, a close contact of a positive case um, and getting that information out to them in a timely fashion, uh, allowing them the, and, and providing them with the education and knowledge and allowing them the power to make the decision to stay home and quarantine themselves to protect their family and friends and their community um, decreases the amount of exposure that's going on um, community-wide. 
And Jim, um, as as you and I have talked about many times on this show, um, the the uh, Genesee Health Plan um, does a tremendous job of of referring people to services, um, even people that aren't necessarily covered by the plan. Is is that uh, is is that playing out true for? Uh, people who are looking for reliable COVID-19 testing as well? Yes, absolutely. And and so, but we really, in this case, rely on the health department who's kind of coordinating those efforts in our community. And so uh, really their website is a good source for our staff to find out who's doing the testing and, um, you know, when that's available. They even sponsored a, a, a series of testing a few weeks ago. And then I don't know if Kim can share, We there is going to be more testing available in the, in the near future. Uh, the, and so Kim might be able to talk about that. I think that'll be that'll help us with this lack of uh, testing. I think it'll help increase it. Yeah. So one of, one of the big things um, that we've seen is just um, people being able to get tested. Um, although the testing is free, um, many urgent cares have a copay in order to be able to be seen, um, and the test itself won't be charged. Um, but the visit can be charged. The same is true for uh, primary care providers. The test itself might not be charged, but um, if you have insurance, the, the primary care provider is going to charge you most likely for that visit. And um, we have, still have a lot of people who, you know, don't have insurance or access to insurance or um, maybe they can't get to their primary care provider or in urgent care. Um, and so the community testing piece has been a big um, uh, a big component of this in trying to overcome a lot of those barriers that, that our vulnerable populations face. Um, and uh, Jim mentioned that we've done a couple of community testing events with, uh, in collaboration with the Michigan National Guard and Michigan State Police and um, the governor's office and the state have been working on um, a contract with a private company to come and offer community uh, testing for the community at locations around uh, around um, the Flint area. And I can't um, name those areas right now, but they are um, in progress. We are working on those. The state is working on solidifying um, that contract, and and um, we're looking for that to come into play. Um, yeah, I, I don't have a... Is that, they won't give me a, a date either, but we're looking somewhere in September for that to happen so that there's just more access. Is that information that people uh, can can track or, or follow on uh, the county health department's website? It is, actually. If you go to the website, um, gchd.us, and click on our Coronavirus 19 button, um, the very first button on the next page is um, COVID-19 testing locations. And if you click on that, um, it pops up all of the testing locations, um, community-type testing locations um, that you can go to, most of them, um, asymptomatically. So if you need a test um, for work, those are the types of sites that we post on our website are, are ones that are accessible to everybody. 
Um, are, are people, are, um, not people, but, but institutions, so the testing facilities and hospitals and doctor's offices, are they reporting to you and then the state is compiling those numbers from health departments around the state? Or are they required to report it to the state and, and you're getting your information from the state? So they report it to us. Um, we work in collaboration with the state and all of the health departments um, around the state of Michigan all uh, use the same database. So it's as soon as the information is available to us, it is also available at the state level. Um, so if we run statistical reports um, uh, in Genesee County, the state can run the same statistical reports on their end. Um, and we've you know, been able to report um, the same numbers, um, which which is what you're looking for, just two different people pulling the same the same data and the same information. So even though they're reporting locally, um, it it does directly go to the state's access. Well, as uh, is always the case, I like to give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about. So, Jim, I'll start with you. How can people? Uh, find out more about the Genesee Health Plan and, and uh, contact the health plan? Well, they can simply just call us at 810-232-7740, uh, or they can go to our website, geneseehealthplan.org. Either way, they can uh, find out more information about us. And, and again, if we don't know the answer, we can certainly... We have a whole group of partners like the health department that we work with. So, you know, really give us a call, and then we can take it from there. But no one should not have health care coverage in our community. So we can help people with that. So, you know, that would be my message is if you know somebody or if your listeners do not have health care coverage, we can help them get that as quickly as we can. Yeah, I was hoping you'd get a plug-in for that. I was going to if you didn't, yeah. because a lot of people are getting knocked off their health care uh, right. during this process. And then finally, Kim, um, how about the Genesee County Health Department? What is the website there? Yep, so the website, again, is gchd.us, um, and it will take you um, to our main page where there's a COVID-19 hot button. Um, which takes you to all of the COVID-19 information. And um, it has our uh, testing locations. It has uh, the numbers. We report, uh, we post the daily numbers every day at 2 o'clock. Um, and then there are multiple other uh, resources and links to resources and toolkits for businesses and toolkits for schools. So um, lots of information. Um, and then a general number, if you don't have access to a computer and you are needing information, um, the general number is 810-257-3612. That takes you to our health department um, operator. Um, we do have a COVID hotline available on there. Um, and Or if you just go to the regular um, general operator, she will connect you with the um, program. Well, Kim Van Slyke and Jim Melanowski, thanks so much for being here. Appreciate it. Thanks for having Great, us. Thank you, Tom. Take care. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. Headaches, headaches. Aspirin commercials give me headaches. Just when I'm feeling chipper as you please. 
That's when they show me all my sinus cavities. Headaches, headaches. Those sponsors don't care how my headaches. See that announcer, he looks so fine. His head should ache like mine. Headaches, headaches. Those pounding hammers give me headaches. They say it once and then they say again. Oh, tension, pressure, pain. Oh, tension, pressure, pain. Headaches, headaches. Those sponsors love it when my headaches. Mother, don't hand me those pills from the shelf. I'd rather do it myself. Sponsors love it when my head aches. There is one remedy that's unsurpassed. And their commercials give me headaches. Fast, fast, fast. Headaches, headaches. Aspirin commercials give me headaches. Today I swallowed the best cure yet. I ate my TV set. You pilots, get off of my lawn. We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here! <laughs>